Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Because of BDRs. I've spoken to this person a couple of times over the last few weeks and um, different forums and platforms, amazing insights back a lot of content that me and Brandon are going to produce. Brandon Hook, that is, but I want to introduce another Brandon, which is Brandon Baker. Thank you for, for joining me today, Brandon. Thanks for having me, Kyan. And yeah, we've, uh, I feel like we've been long lost brothers that never <laughs> met because now all of a sudden you're everywhere I am. So uh, you're going to have to stop following me after this. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. But um, pleasure to be on the podcast and talk a little bit about being a BDR in 2023. It's a wild world out there. No, most definitely. And uh, this episode is, is is for the BDRs. Obviously, other people can take insights, but I really wanted to give something back to the BDRs at the start of this year, heading into Q2, and there's no better person that I can think of than this guy on the call right now. So, um, Brandon, for those who don't know you, obviously, they'll get your links in the description of this video. Um, but could you tell the audience who you are and what you do? Yeah, so let's rewind to 2021 because that's how my sales journey started. I was in Seattle, Washington. I what I went to school for kinesiology, and then I became an athletic trainer. So I was doing that for two years in Washington, and I was treating engineers and mechanics on the Boeing planes and helping them stay healthy. And COVID hit. <laughs> And after failing a whole bunch of sourdough recipes, I figured I need to get my stuff together. And basically, I knew I needed to have a have a career because I was on I was like temporary unemployed because the the factory shut down once I once the the pandemic hit. So I was out of work for a while. And then I wanted something that one was going to solve pain points like I solved at Boeing. So still solving pain points. And then two, had a nice upward trajectory, like in my career, as far as being able to go from entry to mid to top level, to be able to, you know, just continually grow, not only in income, but in my skill set. And I stumbled upon a SCR bootcamp, long story short, landed my first um, job with Sendosa as SCR. My time recently uh, ended there, but it was a great opportunity to learn a lot about myself, about my creative skills, about my empathy, and about just having integrity as well, but also just grinding it out because as we all know with BDRs, like it can be a day-to-day -day grind. So that's a little bit about me and my journey here. And yeah, happy to be here and be of of the, I always say I'm for the people. I'm for for the people for the SDRs, so BDRs. Lovely. I know, I know it's early morning for you as well, right? It is 10.30. So wow. not, it's like mid-morning, not super early. One of the things that you touched on is using sort of some of the, the skills from your former job uh transitioning mm. into the SDR world so problem solving um what would you say to people before we move on with your journey and, and what you're doing now but what would you say to people who may not think that they have transferable skills or they're looking at tech sales but 
what they do is completely different at the moment. Yeah, there's actually, I don't want to get super fancy here, but I do like the concept of uh, mental models. And one of them is kind of like doing like, it's called first principles thinking, but you really can just think about it as like root causes. So like, for example, when I was working as an uh, athletic trainer and helping engineers, I thought, okay, what what exactly am I doing? So I'm helping people go from a physical pain to helping them be able to stay healthy on the plane, make money, and also be, improve their quality of living by, um, you know, they'll be able to play with their kids, go to the backyard, play football, all that stuff, have an increased amount of energy. So once I was given that bigger purpose, it actually motivated me to really do a lot better. But my skill set of having empathy, so being an active listener to what exactly is causing the pain, at being able to ask the right questions is another thing that I learned. Because if you're just saying, oh, okay, your shoulder hurts, like, you know, why did it start hurting? They're not going to remember. You, you're going to have to, like, kind of be a detective and start asking questions around it to try to solve, okay, when did this maybe start happening and kind of diagnose from there? And it's the same thing with being in sales. You have to know how to ask the right questions, be empathetic, like literally close your eyes and like be in their shoes. Like, and that's what I did when I was at Boeing. I was like, okay, I'm a mechanic. I'm working 70 hours a week. Yeah, my back hurts, but I don't want to get off this plane because I'm I'm getting overtime and that's going to help my kids like afford to go to college or something like that. So with that understanding, I would say, look, I get it. You don't want to be here. Like you're hurting, but you're kind of fighting through it because you need that overtime. Let me give you like just a worksheet of five exercises to do in under five minutes. Promise me you'll do this four times a week and get back to me in a week. So it's kind of like, hey, I see where you're coming from. Let me let me help you. And it's a lot. And it's kind of like you're already handling objection because they're like, oh, I don't have time. It's like this is going to take five minutes. Just do it four times a week and let me know. It. And then so many people will be like, oh, I feel so much better. It's like, yeah. So you kind of just have to, like, be empathetic. Ask the right questions and have some form of creativity as far as solving problems, which is what I did with there too. I think those are your biggest three skills you need in sales. I think everything else is learnable. Like you can learn tech stack. You can learn, uh, you can learn, you know, kind of different scripts with cold calls, things like that. But those skills, like being, being empathetic, being a, you know, creative problem solver and being able to ask the right questions. Like a lot of job. I mean, even like a bartender being a, I don't know, being a real estate agent. There's so being a teacher, like I feel like teachers would do really well as salespeople. Like, I feel like there's so many different careers where I feel like it would transfer really well in sales. You just kind of have to reflect a little bit and have a little, framework of like what did I do in this profession what is required for me in sales 
and almost kind of have like a Venn diagram. And then that little middle part is like where you get your magic. I love that. Super insightful as well. Um, and I think, yeah, I definitely agree with some things just can be learned just from repetition and starting them. I want to venture into when you first got into sales because you give me, you know, good inspiration and, and, and good advice. On a call we was on the other day, you were handing out gems. But at the start, can you describe what it was like for you to to sort of learn and any mistakes you made along the way whilst you was ramping up as an SDR? Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> it absolutely sucked, man. I went from, because you got to remember, like, this is my first job where I, I, I now have a direct number that's, or I have a number that's, like, guided towards my name now. It's like before that, I was, yeah, I guess with grades and schools and stuff, like, those kind of numbers. But, like, this one was, like, directly affecting my paycheck. So now it's like, okay, that's a lot of pressure. And I was just drinking through a fire hose. Like I was trying to learn different email templates. I was trying to learn different cold call scripts. I was meeting with so many different people. I was shadowing top reps. And you're trying to take it all in, but it's so much. And so I, and so in the beginning, and that's why I do a lot of posts like, oh, what I wish I would have knew if I was a top rep, because I genuinely want new reps to hit the ground running, especially now, because even it's it's emphasized even more now because there's so many layoffs going on. So there's so much pressure for SDRs, BDRs right off the bat to be like, exceeding or meeting like even ramp quota and then like going from there so and i'm trying to yeah so you asked about my my journey right so yeah the the first like two to three months was very difficult just me trying to consume a lot of information it all turned around when i just slowed down and started thinking of like three or four different variables that really like or is helping is is gonna help me like actually set meetings and that is learning learning like customers language learning why customers are meeting with you to begin with why did they take certain meetings and it doesn't have to be your meetings it could be your one of your colleagues reps or one of your colleagues that had a meeting set or your AEs, whatever. So understanding customer language, understanding why they're doing meetings and then understanding your customer stories on your website. Those three things will take you much farther than any product training, any, because once you understand those, that's going to help your cold call scripts. It's going to help your email messaging. It's going to help everything else. So it's almost like you need to flip it. Like instead of worrying about, oh, how am I going to do all these messaging and all these scripts? It's like, no, you need to like just listen to what your customers are saying or your prospects and then just take their words from like you like you're just a consultant. Like you don't have to be a product expert. You, you're just like basically taking information 
from your existing customers and giving it to other prospects. And you're creating basically like an experiment or hypothesis, or hypothesis, whatever you want to call it. So once I started doing that, the meetings came. The meetings started coming. You know, I got promoted to senior. And yeah, I mean, it, it basically just totally changed how I view being um, an SDR. So... Yeah, that's amazing. And um you said this you said this on a call we were on last week. And um as someone who's moving into the to the AE role, that helped me so much. So I think it's sales across the board. A lot of the times we may focus on pitching the product, but what you described is going in and finding why the customers who bought it bought the product and what they were going through at the time. Would you say for anyone who is in that initial stage, maybe the first three months, that's something that they should definitely prioritize? Absolutely. I think especially because obviously ramp quotas are lower, so your expectations are lower. So why not have that extra time spent on things that are going to just help you just 2x, 3x like your quota like at the ramp? Like that's what I wish I would have did. It's like taking the extra time that I had because I had a lower quota to really do a lot of research on customers, on customer language, customer stories. So then I basically have all the frameworks and all that stuff I need to start being as relevant and personalized as possible for these customers to, to be able to control like the variables that are within me. And this is, you know, depending on the BDR's tech stack, I mean, this, you can do this through, you know, some type of uh, demo recording, like a gong or a wee man. You can, I mean, you can literally just look at customer stories through your website, through the case study um, category, and then start, um, start, yeah, basically just start from there. And then, yeah, I, I think that would really help any BDR, like starting, starting for like the, I think I just got, I, I got so caught up in like being a perfectionist, like when I was an SDR, when I first started and it was like, you just need to, I know everyone says it, but you just need to start. Like you have, you almost have nothing to lose. Like when you're first like joining, because like I said, like anyone can like book two, three million, depending on what, your ramp quota is, but you can book a few just by getting lucky. So it's like, why not just take the time to A, B test a whole bunch of stuff and then see what works. And I, that's something I wish I probably would have did. Amazing. And in terms of, you know, once you have that mindset, you're very customer focused. If you like, you're, you're focusing on value, you're focusing on pains. Mm -hmm. When it came mm -hmm. to outreach in all different types of forms, whether it's social, cold calling, emailing, mm -hmm. what did you look to do in order to optimize that? Because as you said, the meetings were coming because you knew who to speak to. You knew what they may have been going through. Um, what was your attitude to sort of maximize that? So, I mean, obviously, every every team is probably going to have some type of KPI. So whether that's amount of cold calls, cold emails, you know, people in sequence or people uh, added context you need. 
So once you start having experience of like, okay, you're setting meetings, you're asking yourself why are those meetings getting yourself, you start to almost kind of calculate in your own head, like, okay, this is the amount of cold calls I need to do. This is the amount of people I need to add per day, you know, to sequence. You start to understand what's going to be needed in order for you to have success, like moving forward. Like, yes, things can change. Like sales is pretty volatile, but you can have a pretty good baseline of what you think is going to be successful. Like, for instance, I started noticing, like, I think 70 or 80 percent of my cold call meetings came on Friday. So and and the reason why I think that happened is because there's less meetings uh, my persona had less meetings on their calendar. It was more laid back. And so they just had more time, like, you know, to check email, to look at their phone, whatever. And so once I started realizing that, it's like, okay, I'm going to save, like, my targeted list of people who I really think that this solution can help. I'm going to save a lot of those for Thursdays and Fridays. And so Monday through Wednesday, I was doing a lot of prospecting. I was doing adding a lot of people, new people into sequence in the in the early days of the week. And then at the end of the week, all the existing people I already had in sequence were calling them. And they're going and they're gonna answer and then we're gonna set the meetings. So it's like kind of figuring little things out like that, I think it's just gonna help you be as efficient as possible. Cause that's really the key. Like Okay, yeah, you're setting meetings, but it's like, how can you, how can you do it in as little as touch points as possible, <laughs> so that you're having enough pipeline to help you for the next month and the next month? Because that's that's what separates average reps, in my opinion, from top reps is like, literally having a pipeline for the next month for the next month, so you're not you're not pressing, because customers are going to feel you pressing. Because then you're gonna, your outreach is going to get a little desperate, all that kind of stuff. So to avoid yourself pressing, like, go ahead and have pipeline built for the next month. The next, Like, I love when people said, hey, reach back in a month or reach back. I'd be like, all right, cool. Like, let's get that on calendar. Like, it's confirmed. It's confirmed. All right, we're meeting, like, April 15th. Cool. I'm going to send a couple bumps, like, like, once a week just to make sure, like, on top of mind, and then we're gonna have the meeting next month. Like I, I never understood why like a lot of BDRs and SERs would get say like, ah, oh, they're pushing the next month. I'm like, that's pipe, that's pipeline, man. Let's go. Like, I, I just had a different mindset with that. So, I love that. I love that. It's predictable yes. success. You know, you could backwards engineer once you do know what's going right. Once you do know the pains that your prospects have and figure out what it takes to hit your targets. So, no, that's amazing insight. Um, I know a lot of people, including me, probably come to you a lot when it comes to the social side of things. We've had good private conversations, even just before we start recording, um, that there is no silver bullet, and there are some dependence on this whole social selling, whether it's become a buzzword or whatnot. Um, I just want you to explain your success and perhaps some maybe not warnings but just some um just some information on how it should be used and and what it does depend on so 
here's the thing. Like, I, and this is from a BDR perspective. I can't speak for, I can't speak for you know, VPs, founders. They they're gonna have a different strategy because they're just they have a different persona, if you will. So this is for if BDRs or maybe even like an SDR manager wants to start like social selling, posting, and all that. Number one, like no matter how good your content is. Because I feel like everyone always says like, oh, like I'm trying to create. Like, I get it. I love creating. Like, I, I actually find a lot of enjoyment in it. But first thing you need to do is like engage in other people's stuff. And not in because I know that's becoming a buzz, buzzword. Like, oh, like, got to add comments. You got to DM people. Trust me. I get a lot of DM. Like, I get DMs, you know, asking questions or whatever. The DMs that I ignore are the ones I literally, like the other day, got a DM. This is the first time this guy's ever, he's never interacted with any of my content. He literally said, my guy, exclamation point, uh, I'm looking, I'm, uh, when can we hop on an intro call? That's it. That's all he said. I was like, dude, I have, I, I have no context on what this call is going to be. I don't know who you are. I've never seen your face, like, engage in my content. I... I have nothing to go off of. So, and then another thing I see, because I noticed it on, on mine and I noticed it on other people's posts, is like, if you're just saying like, oh, great post, couldn't agree more, like awesome insight, that that's not doing anything for it. Like, like I guess cool, but the more specific you are, like on people's content. So for instance, I follow a couple of AEs and I follow SDRs too. I'm either one, asking you a question, either maybe asking to clarify or for them to expand. And then that's going to get them to comment back to me. And if someone's commenting back on their own posts, they're going to remember who you are because you've had dialogue now. So I'm either asking a question, I'm, I'm adding something to their point. So I'm, so you can still agree with someone but be specific on what you're agreeing with. And then if you feel like you can actually add, add something to that to help with their existing audience, do it. And then that's it. Like that, those are the things you have to do first before you even hit post, because if you just start creating content, no one's going to engage with it yet because they don't know who you are. Like you, they don't know, like, so that's, I think, the first thing you need to do. And then the second thing I, I see, I guess, a pitfall, if you will, with a lot of people's content is they're just going along with the echo chambers. So, like, if you're on LinkedIn enough, you understand, like, the common themes, at least for BDRs and sales that people talk about. Oh, you got to be gritty. You got to be hungry. Uh, you know, one more call, one more dial. Like, like, let's do this, guys. Like, be, like, hey, if you if you want to be like, you know, I'm trying to think of who he's like a, a famous fitness guy that does that kind of like if you want to be like a, a hype man and all that stuff, like, great, awesome. Like, but don't get mad if you don't have like a ton of engagement because it's not really adding value. You're just you're you're motivating, sure, but you're not actually standing out from anyone else like everyone else is like writing posts like that um 
So you have to you have to add something. You have to be different somehow. So when I started my journey, I just was observant. I was a lurker. I was start, I was seeing okay, what are what are the common themes that people are talking about? And one that I really noticed was a lot of people were struggling with cold calls, whether it was cold call anxiety, cold call, just scripts, openers, how to ask for a meeting, all that stuff. And I know just from, you know, studying like, I guess, kind of like copywriting and psychology a little bit, people love lists. So one of the posts I did was like, hey, I booked 46 phone meetings. Here's, a, here's five things that I, I would say to avoid. And then I list those five things. And then I went into detail on why, too. Because that's the other thing. People sometimes just have lists. And then it's just like, okay. But it's like, how do I, like, actually apply this? Or, like, why did you say that? So I always make sure that, like, there's a why behind what I'm saying. And then, so, yeah, that's the kind of framework that I use a lot. And then the other thing is, too, is, like, don't don't be afraid to be controversial like don't like be respectful but if you have a different opinion and you can kind of like back it up a little bit like people want that people want like people are getting tired of the echo chambers people are getting tired because now you're seeing a lot of like mocking posts like people mocking that kind of content um (laughs) <laughs> and then also, like, don't be afraid to just be yourself. Like, there's a lot of posts that I've had where I've used jokes, I've used satire, and those have been some of my most successful posts as far as engagement goes. So, like, don't take it too seriously either. So I know that's a lot. If anyone who's listening wants to hit me up for more tips, like, feel free to do so. Um, a lot of it's trial and error, though. Like, be afraid to – or be prepared to have some posts that flop. Be prepared to get ignored in the DMs. Be, be prepared for some failure because I, I got my fair share of failure in the beginning. And honestly, it's just been being consistent that people are, you know, DMing me, you know, thanking me, all this stuff. So you, you just have to be be willing to, like, suck for a little bit. And then, like, go from there. But if you DM me and talk about, hey, I saw your podcast, whatever, I'm ready to post, best believe I'm, like, I'm hitting your comment section and I'm going to – because I've been there. So – and it means a lot when people – it still means a lot when people, like, take the time to comment on my post. So I'll definitely be your biggest hype man. But don't don't add – don't do fluffy content, though. If you do fluffy content, I'm ca- I'm calling you out. <laughs> I'm calling you out, and I hope people. I hope I've met another enough people and have like a good like group of people now that people will call me out if I'm doing fluffy content. So, no, honestly, that is uh, so informative from start to where you where you're at now, and also touching on the social selling brand. And I'm gonna have to get you on for a part two. Uh, we'll be speaking behind the scenes anyway but for anyone who's watching and listening if you're watching this on youtube i'll leave all of brandon's links in the description please go check out his linkedin if you're bdr sdr it's a must it's realness it's for you it's insightful it's wins it's failures it's, it's, it's struggles 
you know, it's overcoming things. And also for the Spotify listeners, you've got you've got the same thing there with all the links in the description. But thanks for thanks for appearing, man. Um, we're gonna continue to speak anyway, but hopefully we'll get you back on again soon, Brandon. Yeah, no, absolutely. And for anyone that's aspiring to be a BDR or aspiring to like get a promotion, definitely hit me up because um, I understand how tough it is right now to even land interviews for a BDR position. And I also understand how hard it is to get promoted to senior because I, I got promoted to senior, but I'm not saying it was the easiest thing. And I had to really show and not tell. So there's I have some tips as well on how to do that. Uh, so feel free to hit me up because I, I really do want to see like I. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss, but I, I don't give a shit about like VPs of sales or, you know, your CRO. Like I care about BDRs. I want to see BDRs go from to AE or to marketing, wherever they want to do. Like, that's what I want to see. Be Like I, I care about BDRs. Like that's who I care about. I care about AEs too. <laughs> but, but, but I care about BDRs because I understand it's a it's a very difficult job that a lot of people can't do. And you have to remember that too, BDRs. You're doing a job that like most people can't do. Most people can't go on the phone and be like, hey, I'm gonna talk to a stranger and they might say F you. And I'm have to just take it to the chin. Like most people can't endure that. So just wanted you guys to give yourself some grace as it is tough out there. That's it, man. Thank you, my man. And we'll speak soon. Thanks for everyone. Absolutely. Peace.